You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hey, I'm Josiah. I'm Ethan. Welcome to here. It's us. It's now. In your car. Maybe. (laughs) That's very real. As I mentioned a few days ago, I've been working in a podcast before I leave the house. And then one on the way to work. I did that today too. Feels good. So if you're at home brushing your teeth. We're there with you in the bathroom. uh, Yeah, make sure that you spend a full two-ish minutes. Two-ish minutes? Yeah, two-ish minutes. That does feel long to me. It is long. I will say that, but I, uh, I own Quip. Not a sponsor, but I would love it. I don't know why they would sponsor a small-time religious podcast. But if you're interested, I love Quip, genuinely. I'm a genuine user. I've used it for over a year, I think, at this point. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say the word Quip? It's a toothbrush. People, right? It's like electric, but it looks like it was made by Apple Macintosh. Mm. It's so sleek. And they send you Most fashionable, yeah. Every three months, you get like a new battery and a new brush head. Because you're supposed to switch out your brush. Um, Every three months? And most people don't do that. I wouldn't have. No? I love it. And it has this little case thing you can put on your mirror. Whoa. So it doesn't get all that wonderful fecal bacteria on your bristles. <laughs> That's just science, man. We're just talking science. <laughs> it's science day. Two, two words together I never <laughs> expected to be on this podcast. A, so not, fecal <laughs> <laughs> So not only is it protected, not only does it have a hedge of protection. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also off the counter. It creates counter space. Oh, it's good. It's not a sponsor. Ooh, bet Although- you weren't expecting a quip ad this morning <laughs> on your podcast. I was not. <laughs> but, you know, we're always ready to do that. Yeah. Is it quip- hot in here or am I just sweating? <laughs> just, probably if you're me, you're just sweating. Yeah. Well, today we're doing a follow-up again, the final. The last one. What a journey it's been. I It's been very fun. Yeah. I hope we been. maintain this. I hope we do this again, the whole series, the whole thing, because the, the podcast has been very fun. Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. And of course, the final follow-up means we're doing an episode on... <gasps> Secondhand Lions. Secondhand Second Lions. Hand Lions. Which is... It's a strange Let's title. just stop, yeah, and acknowledge the fact that that's a weird title for your yeah. movie. It's like a small little detail of the whole film, where in fact a lion, they get a lion secondhand. Yeah, from like a circus. They're expecting this big fearsome hunter yeah. that they're going to hunt. Which I strongly dislike. I have yeah. some big issues. That's, I have some massive issues, but we're not going to get into that today. <laughs> I feel like they were trying to make the thematic connection to, you know, yeah. like, oh, you know, Hub and Garth, they feel like old, used up, <laughs> secondhand people. <laughs> I, but I feel like you could take the lion out of the film entirely, and he'd still have a strong, successful, totally holistic film. You would. You would. <laughs> but I, you um, couldn't call it that. No, you couldn't call it secondhand lion. I think I would call it, I was almost Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think it's Robert Duvall who is, in yeah. fact, almost a lad. Yeah, he's like fighting the sheik and winning the girl. And All you're missing is yeah. Robin Williams at that That's point. That's it. That's it. There's the genie. Or Will Smith, you know, depending on <laughs> or Will which Smith. version you Credit you to Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, because he, he did a great genie. Mm. I guess you do have that scene, again, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, skip the next, like, 20 seconds. <laughs> That scene at the end of the film where the lion comes and rescues, uh, what's his face? I don't know. He's the main oh, character. He's the uh, boy. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment, the actor. I don't, um, I don't I know can't his remember character his, name. Yeah. yeah. But the lion comes and rescues him from his evil stepdad, his mom's boyfriend. So in our remember? version, it would be the magic carpet. <laughs> whack, whack, whack. <laughs> A little day whack machina, but you know, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. Anyway, secondhand lions. Yeah. 
this is kind of the story of finding purpose again, I guess, mm. if you were to put it in that, because you got Hub and Garth, who are played brilliantly by the ever brilliant Robert Duvall and Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. I love basically any role that they play. Like yeah. those two actors just highly like, distinguished. They have earned their credit. They have. What we wanted to riff off a bit here in the podcast is that whole finding purpose angle mm. and purpose in general, which, whoa, Josiah, that's a specific topic to broach, right? Ooh, strange. And definitely one that people have not been wrestling with on a metaphysical and philosophical level for thousands of years. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we're going to get to the answer in this podcast. In this podcast. <laughs> Rest assured, every question you've ever had on the purpose of life, answered right here. <laughs> But so we kind of wanted to uh, spin off that here. And let me ask you a question, Ethan. Let okay. me open by asking oh, you a question. I prefer it when I ask you the question, but <laughs> I'll try my Well, we're flipping this all around here because that's what we do. Ooh, I'll try my best. Do we do that? I don't know. And we've talked about this before a little bit. So why does it seem that we sometimes think that we need a big, grand, and I'm doing air quotes there, you can't tell, but, you know, <laughs> big, grand trademark purpose in order for our lives to be meaningful? You know, like we got to go out there, change the world, mm. you know? Like the people who have that kind of purpose in their lives, they're the ones who are leading meaningful lives. Why do we think that as opposed to having a normal, air quotes, purpose is, is meaningful? You know, like say like, you know, raising your kid or working a job as faithfully as you can. Like why, what, what, why, why? For me, actually, this is like one of my favorite struggles. It's a weird, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a, I you know love <laughs> this. I love the battle. <laughs> I love the crippling anxiety. Um, <laughs> But I think it it acknowledges the fact that we don't usually live our lives on that kind of quote unquote grand quest. Yeah, we're not Robert Duvall in that movie, like no. you know, fighting the sheik and you know, <laughs> exactly doing whatever. Not even kind of close to that. No, we. I think I, my favorite way to put this is that you know we rest in the mundane. I like that. Well, I actually like more what you said a couple weeks ago. We said living in the montage. Oh yeah, yeah, that's living a callback. Have you been listening to the podcast? <laughs> um, I just appreciate the acknowledgement that that's how we're just kind of stuck. That is what real life is made up of. Some of its parts just kind of feel like that a lot of times. Yeah. Do I have an answer for what to do with that? Nope. Um, <laughs> but Ethan, we promised that we'd answer all this question. <laughs> well, you know, in a weird kind of cheaty way, I find, I do find solace in the conversation around that. To know that I'm not the only person with that sense of fidgeting anxiety, yeah. like eating away in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it always comes up when I'm reminded of this, when I am facing the, I don't get to live that out. Yeah. In the Christian sphere, more or less to use that term, mm. I think we wrestle with this in kind of a different way, or at yeah. least most most evangelicals do, and I think particularly our generation, I'm sure every generation has dealt with this, mm. but we kind of grew up going to youth conferences and uh, and these big events where I feel like it wasn't like people were trying to intentionally make us feel, oh, what's the word? Diminished? Yeah, diminished. But I always left those kind of moments feeling like, man, if I'm not a missionary out on the far fringes of some literally, for lack of a better term, godforsaken wilderness in the outer fringes of the outback or something, yeah. Australia. Oh. That's because I'm listening to a podcast on that, so don't, you know, <laughs> little connective tissue there. But if I'm not doing that, I'm not like, I'm not preaching to like 15,000 people. Mm. 
then what am I doing with my life? It's not like, grand enough. Yeah, it's not grand enough. Like my sense of purpose is rooted in how big it is. And that's how I was left feeling. And I'm like, again, I'm sure they didn't mean to do that. But, you know, and I also was like in my formative high school, early college years reading books like Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper, which is a good book. But it definitely has this sense of like, man, there are big things in the world and you need to go do them. It's like, kind of indicting in a way. Yeah. And, and, and that's a very formative time of your life. It too. is. And I don't even want to go out and say that, yeah, there aren't people who aren't called to do those kind of things. There are people that are going to go out and fight the sheiks. And there are people that, you know, are going to go be missionaries to these remote places. That's going to happen. True. But like, not everyone. And there's kind of this, I feel like this weird, like, if your purpose isn't that big and grand, then what are you doing? And it's like, well, what if your quote unquote, what we call normal purpose? And what if that is grand? And that's the thing, the kind of conversation that we have. And I don't know, does that get kind of at the heart of the conversation you like to have? Or is that like a, I don't know, that's a different th- kind of a I thing. Think it's a different angle, but I, uh, I'm ready to explore it. Yeah. Well, so maybe to start bringing a little more clarity to this, coming at it from another way, if your purpose in life is attached to to something that's going to disappear with age or circumstance. Mm. Okay, like Robert Duvall's character in that movie, Hub. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of at least fair to say that his sense of purpose in life was derivative of the fact that he was this war hero, adventurer type of guy. And then what happens when you're too old to go fight wars or to be an adventurer? Or Mm. if your sense of purpose is rooted in your wife and kid and suddenly your wife and kid are gone? What happens when those circumstances or those particular elements of your purpose go away? Yeah, I mean, that purpose really starts, it kind of tarnishes for for lack of exercise. That's a weird crossing of analogies. Um, I meant like you don't get to exercise that that sense of purpose because it's aged. Yeah. So like contrast that if you have a clear cut sense of purpose that isn't tied to those kind of things. I think life makes more sense. It's more livable. Oh, yeah. Because take as an example. Okay. I'm trying to trying to sort my thoughts <laughs> out here, which I have written down. But, you know, apparently that wasn't as helpful as I thought it would be. But you take the Westminster Catechism as an example. Okay. Oh, okay. They ask this question. They ask, what is the chief end of man? Which is just another way of, you know, it's a fancy old timing way of saying, you know, what's the purpose of man? What's the chief end of man? Well, what the Westminster Catechism says is the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's a pretty broad purpose. Mm. And the thing I like about that is that you can, quote unquote, carry that purpose wherever you are in whatever circumstance you are in life. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you could be a high school or a college student and... Your purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him. How are you going to do that? Well, there are lots of ways you can do that. You know, you can glorify God by excelling in your studies, by serving in your community, by, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, that lens, uh, I keep using these words and I'm like, ah, I'm mixing metaphors and all these things. But <laughs> I mean, having something that that is that general, yeah. but that can be tailored to the specific context and need of the moment. Mm-hmm. I just think that has a very formative effect. And it kind of inoculates you from this, you know, if my purpose isn't big and grand enough. And I also think it's very easy to forget. (laughs) Honestly, I think I've struggled the majority of my life keeping that in the forefront of my mind. I think it's very easy to just be like, eh, to remember from all the things around you, from the stories you hear, from the stories you watch on a screen, that you're not living that life that Mm -hmm. you think you're supposed to fit into. That people would suggest that, you know, like all these grand needs. But I think we need more reminders (laughs) that it doesn't always play out like that. And where you are, what you're doing, the station of life you're in right now, it has value and it has space for that to be tailored 
entered into your life. Yeah. And I mean, even the movie, Secondhand Lions, Mm -hmm. I think actually pictures that pretty well because Mm -hmm. Hub and Garth, what they're doing is, I mean, for lack of a better term, I use that term a lot just as a qualifier. For lack of a better term, it's like, (laughs) man, why does... My grasp of English is apparently not great. (laughs) So anyway, moving on, just as a little, that's just a little tidbit for our listeners. But they're just kind of raising their nephew, their great nephew, and helping him step into manhood, so to speak. And that isn't, at the beginning of the story, what they picture as this big grand adventure. And it's not like what, you know, it's not like what we did when we were younger. But by the end of the story, they come around to this picture of oh this is actually yeah important it's meaningful this matters yeah and i think what you're saying like i need reminded of that it doesn't have to be grand to be sacred oh yeah that's great yeah. oh that's that's tweetable right it's there not in my that notes. In it's totally sticker. organic i made that up on the that to be grand to be sacred <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean that's oh it's like the poet gerard manley hopkins said the world is charged with the grandeur of god yeah I love that poem. I quote that every time, any opportunity I get. It's like the normal things that we see are charged with the grandeur of God. Mm-hmm. So too are the normal moments. Like, I mean, that's most of life. Most of life, he <laughs> said, living in the montage, you yeah, know, exactly. that is the majority of life. And it's like, oh, you got to say that all of those moments are without meaning, without purpose? Like, man, I hope not. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in trouble then. Yeah. I think... We just need to be reminded of that. And I think if you have a purpose like, you know, the one outlined by the Westminster Catechism, you don't have to use that one. But I mean, I think I think having something like that is helpful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples of things like that that I've heard. But, you know, you hear it termed in corporate terminologies, you know, your mission statement, which I'm about <laughs> sick to death of hearing about that. You know, what's your mission statement? Like, oh, my gosh, like, come on. I don't know that this is the time to just air my grievances, but I'm going to. I think when it's framed like that, to me, it feels as about as transient as like a slogan. Like, yeah. Oh, well, in seven years, we'll invent a new one. Doesn't feel as timeless. Yeah. (laughs) It feels very businessy to me, I guess is all that I'm really saying. Yeah, even coming around that, like if you have a clear-cut sense of a purpose, and that Mm. purpose, now maybe I'm talking about a turn as a 26-year-old who hasn't experienced enough of life, but I do think when it comes to, you know, like, what's my purpose in life? Like, that should be something that is big picture enough that it can last your lifetime. Mm. And then, like what we were saying earlier, is you tailor that into a vision or a plan for the needs of the moment. Mm. And so, like that morphs, you know, like obviously the way, just to come back to the Westminster Catechism, because it's an easy example, but the way I glorified God and enjoyed him looked different when I was in college, as opposed to the way it looks now as a husband and a father. There are some things that remain the same, but it does look different. I have an example. I think you're going to appreciate it. Yay! I love examples I appreciate. (laughs) It actually, it plugs in very nicely to what you just pointed out I hadn't thought of. If you take a look at the absolute legend, Samwise Gamgee. I love Samwise Gamgee! Truly, truly um, a man of his times. He was. Pretty much no moment of our lives is going to have the clear-cut purpose of taking the ring to Mordor. Mm. We don't have that world-shaping quest set before us with a band of brothers. You know what I mean? Like, we don't get to live that. When that point of his life, when that quest came to an end, uh, he didn't... I mean, I guess it's easy to assume, based on the context of the films, he didn't completely lose his sense of purpose there where so many people might. You know, when when you no longer get to be that war hero, when you're no longer fighting the Sheik, it's so easy to lose that. We see that he became a family man, and he carried on his life with richness and purpose. There was still something for him after this particular quest, as it always does, comes to an end. Yeah, and there was also all that time before that. Oh, yeah. I think that's an excellent point. And to be cliche again, I mean, I think that he could see 
that next phase, you know, where he's with Rosie and his yeah. kids, like that is an adventure mm-hmm. that has those qualities to it. And so, yeah, he didn't lose his head, you know, yeah. or like, oh, well, I've lost my purpose. Well, no, because his, his purpose in the world was not to carry the ring to Mortar with Frodo. Like, yeah. That wasn't his sole purpose in life. Like his purpose transcended that in some way. Mm-hmm. And it was able to find expression at a particular time in his life in carrying the ring to Mordor. But when it was all said and done, he's not like, oh, well, I fulfilled my purpose and guess I'm just going to wait and die, which is exactly, you know, what Hub and Garth are doing in the movie Secondhand Lines. They're just waiting to die. You yeah. know, like, oh, we've done what we can. Like, you know, it's like, no, like, There's still you got to find an expression found. to that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I do think Christians especially, or maybe I, would, I, I lump Christians together like that. I need reminded of that because I know that even, and this is going to sound arrogant to say, and people are like, ah, well, yeah, why are you saying all that? But, you know, like, I'm very ugh, fortunate, I guess is the word. I'm young, and I get to preach and pastor to a, a, a pretty large church. Mm-hmm. I can think of one guy I went to school with at Liberty that's in a comparable scenario to me. Mm. The rest of those guys, they're probably all, as far as I know, in smaller, you know, rural churches. And... I say all that to say there are still moments when I look and I'm thinking like, eh, am I making an impact here? Like, mm. does what I do matter? And uh, you get this kind of faltering purpose. Like, would I be, you know, like, should I be doing something else? Like Some, all these weird things. Sometimes the sense of grandeur is not the answer that you think it is. Yeah. Because like based on everything, you know, I saw and thought when I was at Liberty, I think like, oh, having the big grand platform and speaking in all these people's lives in the church, that's like, yeah, it's going to contribute. Like, I'm going like, to you feel that. It's the pastoral dream. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, all of us, maybe not all of us, that may be an exaggeration, <laughs> but I'm sure most of us were, you know, dreaming of being Mark Driscoll's and Andy Stanley's or whoever have you, you know, like, ah, that's how you get it made. It's like, hmm. Eh? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Like, that's great, you know, but you're going to say the pastor who's faithfully working with a church of 40 and 50 in a, you know, small farming town in New England isn't making a difference, isn't living into the purpose that God has given him. Like, right, you can't say that. No. So all that to say, I think we all need to be reminded, I especially, mm. that God's purposes for us transcend those kind of things and just can't lose sight of that, which is easier said than done. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we've answered all the questions that you know the world's been trying to yeah. answer for thousands the, the of years. The metaphysical and, and, and yeah. philosophical question about purpose. Yeah, it stops here. Yeah, you put down the Plato and Aristotle. Yeah. Stop reading those. <laughs> Quit that. We got it right. Yeah, here. Kierkegaard. Stop that. <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't need now. him. Wait a minute. I like saying his name a lot. <laughs> it is a fun name to say. It is Soren Kierkegaard. It's good. It's Man, a good time. I, I want to be his friend. Me. I mean, he's been dead for hundreds of years, so that's impossible at this point. But, <laughs> I do too, though. It's okay. You know, he just looks like a cool guy. You ever yes. see pictures of him? I mean, he's got yeah. this like, crazy hair. And, mm. like, I bet he's, know. A f- he's a fun person just yeah. to be around. Yeah. Well, from a perspective, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts or No, that's, uh, that took a different turn, and uh, I actually wasn't expecting it, but it was fun. I like it. We fulfilled our purpose here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saying that's a lame joke. Uh, I make those. Well, I'm a dad know. now. I'm obligated. That's my purpose <laughs> in life. Make lame jokes. Uh, Cringy well, jokes. I assume you're done brushing your teeth. It's been a minute. So, you, if you uh, brush your teeth that entire episode, I don't know whether to commend you or report you to somebody. It's not a good thing. It's got to be very, very bad for your gums. I actually feel like that's probably bad for your teeth. Exceptionally. Like at that point, you're... Yeah, you're eroding the enamel. Your gums are receding now. It's not a good time. But at least if you're using Quip, it was a clean brush. That's what we know. <sighs> this is amazing. I think this is my favorite opening, <laughs> closing to a podcast we've ever done. We just plug, we just plug products every time now. Yes. <laughs> Buy Blue Mon Hair Product. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Yes, and uh, send us your questions if you have any to podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm-hmm. Find us on social media, and if you enjoy our content. Yeah, if you found your sense of purpose. <laughs> Uh, give us an honest five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it is the only kind of honest. And, and the only kind of five. It's the only kind of five. Yeah, as we say. And if if it's not helpful, then you, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to. You really don't. My feelings are frail. Just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just kidding. It's a free country. Do what you want. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.